Hi, and welcome to this episode of the Two Weird Hungry Girls podcast. I'm here without Tracy. Tracy, I'm sorry you're not here because we're sitting here at the barn at Weaver's Orchard, looking out the window. It's a beautiful day, looking over the peach trees, the apple trees, and I'm sorry you're not here. I do all the fun episodes without Tracy. We we miss you, Tracy. (laughs) I'm here with Diana, Chef Diana Penn. And you just did your demo. And what were the what were all of the recipes? The theme was berries, but it was corn. it was blackberries mm-hmm. and peaches. Okay. And then I asked them to add corn, and they were happy to mm-hmm. say, "Sure, we have plenty of corn." So we did um, the first recipe uh, or plate was a blackberry crostata mm-hmm. with a sweet corn ice cream. And then the second one was really simple. But it wasn't sweet corn ice cream in the recipe. That wasn't the title of the recipe. Oh, creme anglaise or vanilla sauce. Okay. Yes. Oh, so maybe I should make a note on that next time. Uh (laughs) Thanks for letting me know. Uh, no, so yeah, so it was just it's just ice cream. It um, sounds fancy. Yes, yeah, so, but it's way. the basic. It's the base, right? Uh, creme anglaise is vanilla sauce, also known as, mm-hmm. and it's the base for ice cream and sauces and mousse and everything. Does that mean it has eggs? Yes. Sorry. Versus like, <laughs> so would people call it a custard sometimes? It's always a custard all okay. the time. Okay. Okay. Yes. Okay. If there's eggs that are coagulating, and it's got anything else in it. I mean, that's really the definition of a custard, right? Mm -hmm. There's some sort of liquid that's being set by eggs. Mm -hmm. But we could call it creme anglaise. Yes. Because it sounds prettier than custard. Right. Well, custard is the big category. Oh, okay. Right? And so it's the category of custard, and then there's stirred custards and still custards. Yes. And then under that are the names of things like cream cheese and vanilla sauce and, you know, pumpkin pie and pastry cream okay so that's the name of it because you did talk about that in the class you had you because you're such a wonderful (laughs) teacher I love that you had people give examples of stirred and still and still custards yes and the stirred custards would have been um, something that you would put in a pot that you are stirring literally right so the location it's all about location oh okay so where do the eggs coagulate Mm -hmm. you know where do they come together where do they change from liquid to solid Mm -hmm. or semi-solid and And people found it easier to think of uh, pudding or rice pudding rice pudding right stirred Um, or the flan of course people that's in their mind that it sets in the oven right still Right, still mm-hmm. if it's in the oven, so you got a right flan, and somebody said creme brulee, uh-huh. yes, in the oven, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. So there's actually a lot more stirred custard. We're shooing away flies. Yes, flies, <laughs> and um, if you hear and tractors, tractors. <laughs> it's because we're on the farm. This is a farm episode. There so are flies and tractors. It's two. It's two weird hungry girls and and and, bi- and biting biting farm <laughs> <Yes>. flies <laughs> and very loud crunching tractors. Yes, that's exactly what this is, Tracy. <laughs> we miss you. Bring a fly swatter. Yes, right? <laughs> um, so I interrupted you. You did the... Sorry. No, because you started to list all of the things that you prepared. And yes. you started with the, the berry crostata. Yeah. The um, it, corn. It was supposed to be blackberry. Mm-hmm. Um, but there, it's sometimes a challenge with the season. Yeah. So they, they had an abundance of blueberries. Mm-hmm. So you could switch up that crostata to any any wonderful in-season fruit. Right. Anyone. Anyone. Yeah. So I can, like the blueberries because yeah, there's less seeds yeah. to navigate around. Yeah. I, mean the, I mean, I love but blackberries. But it goes, the tart but. blackberries go great with the sweet ice cream. Oh, with the that's with the that per- yeah that was the ice whole, cream in particular. That was the whole like that sweet sour, mm-hmm. you know, tart. That was an yeah. amazing ice cream. Oh, thank you. And you don't eat eggs. I know, and I tried it. 
Oh my gosh, it was amazing. It was very unexpected. So you have to find the recipe. I'm sure it'll be on Weavers by the time this podcast episode is up. I'll put the link on the website. Oh, great. And then what else did you do? Oh, I'm sorry. And then we did the, um, we just did a simple grilled pound cake. Mm -hmm. uh, And then we grilled some peaches. Mm -hmm. And we did a no-churn peach ice cream. Right. Which was really easy. Easy and terribly clever. And no eggs. Right. And it was only three ingredients. Four, yeah. Was it? Yeah. Oh, you did have to add... Peaches, Mm -hmm. lemon juice, sugar, and sour cream. And then the sour cream. Yeah. Easy. Easy. That's something you could do probably in the winter, too. Like, if you freeze your peaches, Mm -hmm. it's something to use. It's easy to do to taste the flavors of summer. Yeah, to use the can. Um, Or if you jar. Yeah. If you do the jarred stuff. Yeah. Yeah. That was really nice. So what I found most interesting during the whole lecture, and people had a lot of questions about the tart crust mm-hmm. and I learned a lot even though we did the podcast before about the pie crust and the custards mm-hmm. um, the cheesecakes and the pumpkin pie which would be in the oven in the oven so it's was it set is that the word still still okay so the still still so we did that episode but what I found most interesting about this one was watching you make the tart crust mm. Your tart crust was so velvety, and you mm. could even, when you passed around the little disc, mm-hmm. um, just to even feel the texture of it, was so different than some other pie crusts. So one of the questions someone asked was, and I don't know if it was because of a gluten allergy, or it's because she likes nuts, mm-hmm. she asked if you can substitute uh, nut, nut flour, fl- nut yeah. flour yeah. for... I, I did. I tried something with a pecan flavor in it. Is that mm-hmm. something that it's easy to do in a tart crust, substituting nuts, or why would you do that, or why? Do yeah, you do that as a I baker? feel. I feel. Um, actually, I use. I like to include um, nuts to um, like increase the depth of flavors. Okay. To, you know, give it another level. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, there's cookies and there's tart doughs that can be that you can include. You take out a little bit of flour, right. and then you add in ground almonds. Mm-hmm. You know, or are you adding ground hazelnuts? You know, that's what I do for a hazelnut sponge cake. So it's oh, it's you know okay. it's more hazelnuts and and a little bit of uh, flour mm-hmm. or even some cornstarch, right? But there's got to be some sort of starch, typically, so that when things melt and the baking process happens, um, there's there's structure. Right. It starts there's um, gelatinization. Mm-hmm. Uh, sorry, all, no, these that big, makes all sense. these big words. No, that makes sense. But you have you to think have some sort of starch esque something. That's why when you use things that are just gonna have straight nut flowers, mm-hmm. they're gonna fall apart. Right. You know, or you'll have to use some sort of other jellification. Mm-hmm. So if yeah. you're doing like a tart crust then or like you're talking about your um, sponge cake, mm-hmm. you would probably never substitute, you said in the class, never more than half. Yeah, I it would scare me. Okay. You, Do you add cornstarch with that half to act as something to help bind? Or um, not so much? Not so much. Like, doing it half and half? I would, I mean, I would probably, and I understand I get, I get the whole, the allergy, the gluten oh, yeah. um, thing, but... I would go as much as 50% of nut flour, and then the other 50% I would do regular, whatever the recipe called for flour. Right. Um, and as long as, as long as it was small enough, mm-hmm. you know, like if it was a six-inch cake, I just, I, I'm afraid that the larger the cake gets, when you really change the ratios, you start to lose the integrity of the structure. Mm-hmm. So I would be afraid to do too much without some sort of flour. Right. And I would never... 
um, substitute cornstarch for flour one to one ever. Mm-hmm. No, only if I knew that the sponge cake could take it, mm-hmm. you know, or if it was small enough mm-hmm. that but, it wouldn't fall apart. Okay, so um, playing with it might be easier to do it with dough than first if you're going to play with the mm-hmm. nut flours, and then once you feel a little comfortable, move to the cake. And if you're going to do yeah. cake, do it small. Yes. So if you're doing a small cake. Yes. Not like a large sheet cake. You can't do it as a sheet um, cake. I just, it, it would, I would be less likely, I think you would have a less, your odds would be lower of success. Mm-hmm. And there's so many, there's so many, that's what I said about the demo today, there's so many um, variables mm-hmm. that you really want to cut down those variables and have good results with success because it takes so long, you know, from for baking from beginning to end. It's right. such a large process. So you want to make sure that you're, you have a high chance for success, yeah. you know. And every and time you change... all those ingredients yes, sometimes, yes. especially if you're playing with the nuts. Vanilla beans or, yeah, right. nuts or, you know, whatever. Oosh, it's uh-huh. a lot. Yeah. Okay, so another thing that I learned um, during the class, uh, I don't know who asked. Maybe someone asked or you just brought it up. But people say you're putting, if you're, especially if you're working with pie crust, you're going to work the dough. You're putting it in the refrigerator mm-hmm. so that the gluten develops but you said oh so that no gluten develops so no gluten develops right Right. yeah so So they said you know put the after what you're referring to is after you've mixed the dough Mm -hmm. then um the dough has to rest for at least half an hour to an hour before you start working with it right and people say or i've read uh that is you know to relax the the gluten okay yeah well I, I don't agree with that mm-hmm. because I never developed gluten because I used a low protein flour. Okay. I never mixed it. I didn't, I, I didn't mix it to the point where I developed any gluten anyway. So I didn't need it. It's not bread flour. There is no, you know, I'm sorry. I just beg to differ on that point. Uh-huh. So I think that the reason why you put um, like pie dough in the fridge to rest is so that the flour is properly hydrated. Right. So, to hydrate so that, it. Yeah. So that it gives it a chance uh, that for the moisture, the water, because usually you use such a small amount of water. So it kind of migrates through the flour mm-hmm. and absorbs and then all the starches become activated. Is that why it was so velvety or is it because of the type of flour that you used? Oh, no. I think it's velvety because of the cream cheese. Okay. I did see the cream yeah. cheese going. Yeah. In. There's a high ratio of cream I think that's cheese. when I showed up. It's like a, it's in. almost one to one to one butter cream cheese flour. And that's all there is. Mm-hmm. So it's super smooth because, plus it's also the way I mixed it. So I creamed the butter and uh, cream cheese first. Mm-hmm. And then I added the flour in. Okay. And if you did a pie dough method, you would add the flour and then you would slowly yes. throw the fat yeah. in. So um, I did it. You can do it both ways, Phoebe. <laughs> I don't want to only, blow your mind. Right? It's only pie crust. Yeah, as long as you know <laughs> yeah. how to do it. Yeah. Yeah. But um, you also said there was a method to, when you pull that disc out of the refrigerator, so you've prepared the dough, mm-hmm. um, you've put the pieces, the portion, you've portioned the pieces out into the saran wrap, covered them up, and you've shaped them into a disc mm-hmm. because you said that the circle is... Yeah, I make a little puck. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, a little puck yeah. shape yeah. because it's like eventually it's puck. going to be... Yeah, a flat. You don't want to start with a domed shaped. Yeah. Right? Why would you make a ball when you're well, when you're gonna? That? Because how do you, how do you roll a ball with a rolling pin? Mm-hmm. You'd have to beat it down. Mm-hmm. So you might as well make it look like a little hockey puck. Right. Because it's almost that shape anyway. And what's it, what was the method you used to take oh, the rolling pin and you beat? I want to say you waking, beat the puck. It's called the, the, the puck. disc. <laughs> the puck. You be, were beating the the puck, but you called it something else. Um, oh, waking up the dough. Yes. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's an old. Really. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, that's a term that we use or that I've used oh, forever. Okay. Yeah, it's called waking up the dough. So it's it's kind of um, it's it's 
it's a little bit of like hand, I'd say hand tempering, kind of okay. bringing it to your, um, to make it pliable. Mm-hmm. You know, we also do that with butter um, when you're making puff pastry. Oh. You know, you well, use, who makes yeah. puff pastry? Yeah, no, no, but. Pepper's Farm. Right. <laughs> <laughs> just the really the really good people. <laughs> um, yeah, so yeah, you have to you know pound the butter so mm-hmm. it's pliable. So you're kind of doing the same thing to this um, to the tart dough or to pie dough. Mm-hmm. So you're getting it to work itself into its you know into the shape yes. instead of rolling it, trying to roll it already. You know, yeah. you beat it down with a rolling pin a bit, and then it you know just kind of starts relaxing to the to the board so that when you say temperate almost it helps introduce it to the temperature of the air and everything else so you don't get that crumbly part is that yeah what you yeah well the hurriedly f- it cracks. rolling it and getting, yeah. Yeah, cracks, cracks on the edge. edge yeah i get that a lot yeah i think it's because i'm well, impatient yeah, yeah 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 you have to wait right? yeah my i said didn't I, re- I don't know if i've ever told you this that um one of my old uh, my first boss in a bakery said you should never push food mm-hmm. because it pushes back Oh. Yeah. So, um, so that's my pie crust, like, sticking its tongue out it at back. me or yeah. doing something <laughs> else. It's letting me know. Yeah, you have to, um, you know, you respect the ingredients. And yeah. you know that if butter's cold, just like if you were cold, right? you know, you want to take your time, wake up a little bit. So waking up, waking the, up dough. the dough. I love that. Yeah. So. Okay. So now that you've got the dough rolled out. Yes. Oh, and there's another tip that you said. Um, when you're rolling the dough out, first of all was the flour that you used. Oh, yeah. I always use bread flour. To roll the dough. Yeah. And you said use it liberally. Yeah. And sometimes in my mind, I think, I don't want to put too much flour on it. I'll dry the crust out. Mm. But not so much the case because no. you want it to be pliable and work with you. Yeah. It's already absorbed everything that it needs. It's, okay. It's, it's good. Like, I don't... It, with pie or tarts... I would rather you use more flour on your bench when you're rolling mm-hmm. than have it stick. Right. Because sticking is, is your worst case scenario. Mm-hmm. So go ahead and use extra flour. And then um, you can even use a dry brush oh, and brush right. the flour off mm-hmm. before you put it in so that it doesn't, you know, burn and right. get funky. Yeah, that but, um, strange little flaky. Yeah. Or, yeah like, you don't want so that. to avoid sticking, yeah. So you turn the dough, but when you roll the dough, a lot of... I, I've always rolled my dough... Keep the um, disc in the center mm-hmm. and just roll it all directions outward almost. Yeah. But that's not what you do. No. You roll to 12, 12 o'clock and 6, and six o'clock. Mm-hmm. And then you rotate the dough itself because yep. it's floured. Right. Yeah. I always, so okay. I'm always making sure and I do these things called dough checks. Uh-huh. So this is serious. Like, yeah, people. I'm really serious. Dough checks. Dough okay. checks. Check your dough. That's what I mean. <laughs> okay. Checking your dough. You're checking for sticking, right? Okay. So you're dusting. You're moving. You're mm-hmm. making sure that it's not sticking. You're dusting again. You're moving it back into place. Mm-hmm. So you want to make sure that it's it's not sticking. Mm-hmm. So it's it's got to be, you have to be fairly aggressive mm-hmm. with it. Like you're in command. Mm-hmm. You know, you, the dough doesn't tell you what to do. You tell the dough what to do. Uh-huh. Until you push it too far and, and it then crumbles. It, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, but you, you Stay just... Stay in control of your dough. Yeah. Always be. Okay. I, it's a big control thing when you do pastry. Okay. Yeah. So are those, are, if you follow all of those tips in preparing the tart crust, mm-hmm. that should help it remain flaky? Also, I guess the baking temperature. Does the baking temperature have something to do with it being flaky? No, uh, versus like a really just dry, crumbly. I think the ingredients and the, the mixing is the and the method. Is, okay, yeah, flaky because you know baking is just you're done by then. Right. There's no controlling flakiness at that point. Mm-hmm. I mean, all you're doing is 
making the water evaporate. Oh, okay. Right? Because mm-hmm. that's what baking is. You're just dehydrating something. Mm-hmm. So you're, you're asking the water that's in the butter and the water that's in the cream cheese to go away. Right. <laughs> Like, please go away. I love this. Do you talk to yourself in the kitchen? Yes. Like in your head, are yes. you saying these things yes. to the dough? Yes. Before they go into yes. the oven? You do? Yes. Do you say like, is there like a baker's prayer before this stuff goes into the oven? I'm sure everyone prays uh-huh. a lot. <laughs> yeah, because baking, it's a lot of work. Yeah, I don't pray that much anymore. Uh-huh. Um, sometimes. Uh-huh. I think there's always a prayer when you shut the oven door. Yeah. You know, I talk to myself a lot, but in my my you know my subconscious uh-huh. I say okay don't let me forget that mm-hmm. or you know oven you know nuts in the oven mm-hmm. toast, toast your nuts uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> so you know I always ask myself please remind me and then my myself says please set a timer mm-hmm. you know this is an interesting conversation I can talk to myself all day uh-huh. that's what happens <laughs> when you work in the kitchen um, I think another really great tip that you brought up that people should keep in mind, especially with making a crostata versus an apple pie, Mm -hmm. was that when when you put that beautiful fruit that's essentially raw into the crust and you're putting it into the oven, what you're doing is you're not cooking the fruit, you're cooking the crust. Yes, yes. No one wants like a mushy pile of like overcooked fruit. Blueberries, yeah. Yeah. No, you're trying to, you're just the dough... Your crust, you're creating a vehicle mm-hmm. to enjoy those blueberries with, mm-hmm. right? So you want to maintain the integrity of the fruit because that's why it's fruit. It's wonderful. It's fresh, fresh fruit, mm-hmm. not boiled and indiscernible. Yeah. Like you want to make sure it's wonderful, right. you know, and, and it's, it looks just like and tastes just like you're popping them into your mouth. Right. Except now it's got some sort of wonderful, delicious, rich crust with it. Uh-huh. And then maybe a scoop of luxurious oh ice cream. Yes. Yeah. That sweet corn. Yeah. You have to do that. People, I'm not kidding you. <laughs> this recipe was not difficult. You have to go and find it and make this sweet corn. I'm going to call it custard. Custard. Yeah. yeah. It's because a sweet it's corn so rich. custard. Yeah. Yes. Now, when we talk about the fruit, you also mentioned like keeping it really basic with the flavors, but you do like to play with them sometimes. And you brought up tarragon because mm. a lot of times you'll use herbs, but a lot of people forget about. And tarragon's easy to grow. Oh, yeah. I couldn't find it. It's amazing. I wish I had known I would have brought you some. Oh, yeah. I have, garden, I have yeah. rosemary doing a great job in mm-hmm. my backyard. But uh, Would you put that into, would you put rosemary into what fruit tart? I would do... Um, Pears. Oh, pear? Yeah. Would you put cheese in the pear? Or just pear? No, I might do it on side. Or... I might do a cream cheese custard. Oh, okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or I might serve it with a soft cheese right. for dessert. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, how great is that? Okay. And the tarragon went well with, it paired well with the blueberries. Blueberries. Um, and what else? Well, that had just had lemon. It was lemon and tarragon. But you said usually you should always pair some kind, was it some kind of citrus or lemon with the fruit? Does oh, it make um, a difference like okay. lemon, lime, so, orange, lime? I mentioned that I always put lemon with fruit whenever I'm baking mm-hmm. um, because fruit, um, lemon for me, or lemon for bakers, um, I feel is kind of like salt and pepper right. for cooks, right? Um, it's our seasoning, mm-hmm. and it always, like, elevates the level of fruit. Like, it seems to um, increase, you know, does something with the acids. I don't know, but mm-hmm. think, I love lemons because what they do, how they contribute. So um, I sprinkled lemon juice in there to enhance the flavor, bring it up a little bit. I used lemon juice to um, coat the blueberries mm-hmm. um, so that some sugar would stick. Um, 
but you can't you have to be light with a lemon you can use orange juice mm -hmm. um you can use um yeah I, I said liquor you can use oh yeah you did say that yeah. because then you started talking about bourbon and something else yeah or, rum yeah whatever you have sitting around mm -hmm. would but be only enough wonderful. to coat yeah. Just enough to coat. Just enough to coat. And then if there's any leftover that has, um, after it's macerated, um, then you could just make a cocktail. Yeah, that'd be right? great. Or you could use a little bit of leftover fruit and whatever the rum is and put it in a blender. Mm -hmm. Oh, and, yeah. See? And drink while you wait for your pie to come out. I think that, I don't know what else I have planned for today, but I feel like maybe I should do this. I think we have some leftover syrup and blueberries. Oh, my goodness, right? <laughs> and those tarts were beautiful. The tarts were beautiful. I think those are some really helpful tips. Thanks. And I think they transition into the fall because you'll have plums. Yes. Um, the stone fruit. You'll have, we're coming into the, the peaches and yep. the plums. Yep. And, of course, the, the apples are easy. Would you pre-cook the apples or uh, just thinly slice? So I that they would are... slice them super thin. Okay. Yeah, I don't like to pre-cook anything. I like to take my chances. For a crostata then. Yeah. Versus a pie. Yeah. So thinly slice the apples. Yes, yeah, super thin. Versus an apple pie where you're going to chunk it and put a top on it. Yeah, I'm depending. I mean... My, I guess my apples in a crostata and an open tart are definitely um, are definitely thinner than they would in, with a pie. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And what would you, what um, alcohol would you put with that? Oh yeah, bourbon. Oh, the bourbon. Okay, that's what it was. The bourbon apple. Mm-hmm. Okay. And you could put cranberries, mm -hmm. uh, hydrated cranberries in there, and even hydrate some... the cranberries in the bourbon. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, soak them so they absorb. <laughs> yeah. Why not? <laughs> okay, that sounds like a good Little idea. Little orange zest. So I think that it, the recipes were easy enough. I hope so. I tried to keep them simple. You did. You kept them very simple. I think that that kind of a recipe is perfect for entertaining. Sure. Right? People I mean, are always cake? wowed by something like that. Oh, and the pound cake, too. How easy was Grilling that? the pound cake. Yeah. And the peaches. And it gives another, just gives another yeah. level of... And it's warm and mm -hmm. it's crispy. I mean, I, I think, I don't know if I've mentioned it before, but those components with dessert, if you can hit those What's creamy, a warm, cold, creamy, crispy. I'm um, writing these down. Then you've, you know, people will come back. Warm, well, maybe we don't want them to come back Warm, sometimes. cold, warm, creamy, cold, crispy, right? Creamy something crispy. warm, something. Think about the, your, your favorite dessert. And right. Like one you've ever had a great experience. And it usually has to do with those things happening not really That's the flavors true. so much but those textures because your mouth look there goes a truck yeah there's a truck don't mind don't mind that yeah <laughs> they're not carrying anything too interesting but um yeah not really so much the dessert but i bet your mouth wants to be entertained mm -hmm. and um by textures and and temperatures so like how can you incorporate that into your dessert you know do you want something soft and gushy you know sprinkle some toasted nuts on it mm -hmm. so it's crispy think about it you know yogurt with granola so right? warm cold creamy, creamy crispy. crispy okay okay i will have to remember that yep. perfect perfect thank you okay that was also helpful <laughs> i hope so. so carry you through spring or carry through of course spring but late summer into fall these yep. recipes should get you through and you can find them at weaver's orchard weaver's orchard yeah, weaver's orchard.com orchard. and where can people find you oh me Oh, mm -hmm. that's easy. So, um, Bakeology101 on Facebook and on Twitter. Are you on Twitter? I am. Okay. It's a I'll geek, find you there. It's Geek Pastry. Geek Pastry. Geek Pastry, because okay. I'm a pastry geek. Mm -hmm. And I think that name was taken, so I just flipped it around. And it's Geek oh. Pastry. 
Um, and I think I have an Instagram, but I'm not sure. Oh, I think okay. it's Bakeology and Geek Pastry put together on Instagram. I'll have to look for that one. Yeah. Okay, but definitely Facebook. But Bakeology Facebook's 101. weird now. So yeah. you have to make sure to follow and do the like thing. Make sure that your stuff shows up at the top because you're always putting up great tips and stuff. Oh, I hope so. Yeah. Yeah. And okay. questions if you have questions. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and ask. if you make anything, let me know. Mm-hmm. Post pictures. Yeah. That's always the best when people like engage. Yes. And well, share. We had a great crew today. You did. People were so nice. Yeah, and a lot of really good questions. I learned a lot. I learned a lot. So I'm going to go home and try the crust. I'm going to try your recipe. And now that I actually see what it looks like as you make it, I think it's really helpful. So anyway, thanks for um, staying for a little bit. My pleasure. It was fun. Sorry, Tracy. Maybe I'll make you a tart. We'll miss you. Yes. (laughs) Yes, and there's no eggs. No eggs. No, there wasn't any eggs. That's what's so wonderful. I love this. So I went and tried it with the blueberries. That's how I'm going to make it. Awesome. Maybe with the peaches later. But thanks so much. My pleasure. It was fun. Find it at weaversorchard.com and make sure to find Diana at the Bakeology 101 on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Find her on Twitter and at, maybe on Instagram. At Geek Pastry. Geek Pastry on Twitter. And you can find me at phoebespurefood.com to find some recipes, some destinations, and some other fun stuff. Um, thanks so much for tuning in. It was fun. It was fun. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Bye. Bye.